special times in with you, Lord. And uh, just like we were singing, Jesus, we are here for you. And we really are, Lord. Um, sometimes we can forget why we're here. <laughs> but this morning, we want to confess that we're here for you, Jesus. And uh, we love you and we honor you. And we pray even as your word gets preached, would you glorify yourself, Lord. Draw our hearts to you again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. just want to pick up on something Hans said in worship where um, he was saying, we, yes, we, we believe in the importance of church and the importance of God's kingdom, but it's a love for Jesus that makes us to love those things, not the other way around. And it feels like the Lord is stripping away some things this morning, and he wants us to bring us back to the heart of the kingdom, which is the king, Jesus. And uh, just while we were worshiping, um, <clears throat> I had a flashback to when we were fasting earlier this year, and I, I had a moment of nostalgia where I wanted to go back. And it was just something so precious about that week of fasting. I, it's almost like the simplicity of the kingdom, you know, just coming together every night, and something about like a hunger that reminds you of Jesus when you're fasting. And um, I, I, I was reminded of, that scripture, which is actually the scripture we're going to start with this morning, where Jesus was also fasting, and uh, Satan came to tempt him. I wanted to maybe just read that scripture, because it's, it's, it's a passage I want to just unpack this morning and meditate and chew on. Um, it says, the tempter, that Satan, came and said to Jesus, to him, to Jesus, keep in mind that he was fasting, so he was very hungry at that point. I think he'd been fasting for 40 days. Imagine going without food for 40 days. And then Satan comes and says this to you. Uh, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so um, Jesus was quoting something from the Old Testament where God had revealed himself to the, the Old Covenant people. Um, and in the context, it was actually that they were going through the desert. They'd been going through the desert and they'd been tested. And God said, I've been testing you to remind you that man does not live on bread alone, but by, by every word that comes from my mouth. And so it's interesting that in desert seasons, God's reminding us He's the bread of life. And when we're fasting, God's reminding us, I'm the bread of life. And Jesus said, come to me. I'll give you living water. I am the bread of life. And so the simplicity at the heart of the gospel is Jesus satisfies us in a way which food can't, but it's just as important. And it feels like God is stripping away and reminding us of the importance of um, Jesus himself, and I want to just pick up on the fact that it's every word that comes from the Father. So God is speaking, he's always speaking to us, and the, his words over us and to us when we hear them become like food for our souls. And I think there's something incredibly significant about the fact that Jesus describes himself as, as food, because 
and, and specifically bread. Bread is not a luxury. Bread is a staple. Um, God himself, his, his word in our lives is not a luxury. It's a staple. Uh, how many times do we eat a day? <clears throat> some of us eat once, some of us eat twice, sometimes, some of us eat three times a day, some of us six times a day. No, we won't require a show of hands for which category you fall into. But the point is, we eat every day, and we eat the staples of life. And uh, Jesus is a staple of life. He's not a luxury. Without Jesus, you die. And, and I want to say, without Jesus, <clears throat> not talking about I got saved once upon a time, but I, without Jesus, regularly, every day, we die. Without the voice of our Father resonating inside of our soul and bringing life to us spiritually, we die. Can I say that once or twice a week at community and Sunday is not enough? As an analogy, imagine you ate your meal on a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning. How would you be doing physically? <laughs> Not well. Well, I speak for myself. Uh, I, would, I would not be doing well. But Jesus is the bread of life. So the same goes for him. If you're only eating of Jesus twice a week or worse yet, once a week or worse yet, once every two weeks, don't be surprised if you start dying spiritually. Uh, we, we place a lot of emphasis in this life on how we're doing physically. But Jesus said... What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? You can have material provision. You can have friends. You can be married. You can have kids. You can have a good job. But if you've got the whole world but you don't have your daily bread, Jesus, you'll die. Amen? And uh, I feel uh, when I was on leave a little while ago, um, you know, I'm not focused on leading the church. I'm not focused on what God wants to preach this Sunday coming. I'm just focused on Jesus. You know, when I'm on leave, I'm just kind of switched off. You know, and, and God brought me back to this again, of like, um, have your daily bread, you know. And I went to church. I snuck in at a church service somewhere else. And it was so interesting coming in like you do every Sunday. No one knew I was coming. I was just there to meet with Jesus. And... Uh, I had a hunger just, just to meet with Jesus, you know? And, and, and the Lord was bringing me back to that. But I feel like he wants to bring us back to, I'm your daily, I'm your daily bread. I'm not your daily cake. <laughs> I'm your bread, bread of life. And I want to speak about hearing God's voice and recognizing God's voice. And uh, the reason why I want to do that, um, it's interesting, you know, when you're in church for a long time, you, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to have a bit of fun with this because, you know, that's what we do, right? But, uh, you know, like um, people speak like this. They'll say, you know, maybe at community and people sharing testimonies and someone will say, you know, I was, I was busy with this other day and the Lord spoke to me and he said this and then I said that and then, and then the Lord said this and then I did that and then, and then the Lord said that. And then as the person's speaking, you're thinking, wow, the Lord said a lot. And, <laughs> Can I have his number? Can, it sounded like it was a really clear conversation. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think if the Lord speaks to me that clearly. Um, and you feel like, do I even 
Do I even hear? Do I, am I even saved? You know, you know? Uh, even if you don't have his number, maybe just, uh, maybe I can find him on Facebook or Instagram or just, a, and it's just something more d- concrete, you know, because Christians do speak like that and I also speak like that sometimes. But there's a lot we're not saying when we talk like that, True. There's a lot we're not saying. And all the things we're not saying, I'm going to say this morning. <laughs> so for you, you might be very relieved, like, ah, oh, okay, so that's what people are saying when they say the Lord said this, and then the Lord said that, and then he said I must do this, and then he said, it's like, okay, okay, cool. So now we know, we all agreed on what we are talking about when we, because let's be honest, hearing God's voice is not an exact science. It's not an exact science. And sometimes he speaks very clearly, Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he speaks and it's, I think the Lord said. But then sometimes as Christians, we don't always distinguish between like when the Lord said, like what kind of said did he say, right? <laughs> Which category was it when he spoke? Um, because it sounds more spiritual if you just kind of simplify it a bit and say the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. And sometimes if I'm honest as a leader, people are telling me all the things that the Lord said and I'm realizing 50% of that was the Lord and 50% actually wasn't the Lord. <laughs> but I don't obviously say it like that, just like that, you know, because it might make you feel uh, insecure. Um, so, so the question is, how do we know if we have actually heard the voice of the Lord? Now, in the context of the fact that the voice of the Lord is our daily bread, we die without it, it is very important that we, we grow in the confidence of actually knowing that we're hearing God's voice and being able to recognize his voice. And if I'll just start out by saying, it is something you grow in. It doesn't start out being crystal clear. And even once you have grown in it, sometimes it's still not crystal clear. Um, sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. There's this um, great story in the Old Testament where um, Samuel gets dedicated by his mom to work and live in the temple from a very young boy. And so you've got Eli, who's like an old-time prophet. He's been, he's been faithfully delivering the word of God for many, many years. And then you've got Samuel coming in. He's just a boy. And uh, Samuel goes to sleep one night, and God actually speaks audibly to Samuel, and uh, Samuel doesn't know that it's God speaking, so he runs to Eli, and he says, okay, cool, you, you called me, what, what do you want? It's very late at night, and he said, no, I didn't call you, go back to sleep, and I think it happens three times. Eventually, Eli twigs onto the fact that it's God speaking to Samuel, so he says to Samuel, no, it's not me speaking, it's God speaking. Next time he speaks, this is what you should say, and then God has a conversation with, with Samuel, but it's interesting that God spoke audibly and Samuel didn't recognize it was God speaking. How much more so with us? God is not speaking audibly. If God always speaks audibly to you, then come chat to me and pray for me afterwards. But he's speaking by his spirit. And in the same way that Eli had to teach Samuel how to recognize the voice of God, we also have to learn to recognize the voice of God. And sometimes we have to be humble about it. Not sometimes, all the time we have to be humble about it. That we are growing in recognizing his voice. Um, and so the promise to those of you who are already going to start feeling insecure is that Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. If you belong to God, it's not for special Christians. If you belong to Jesus, you will hear his voice. He will speak. But our responsibility is to grow 
in first of all listening to him when he's speaking, to actually want to hear him speaking, and secondly honoring his voice and recognizing his voice in our lives. So God speaks in lots of different ways. And I don't know if you've ever tried to explain to somebody what it's like when God speaks to you. How do you know it's God speaking? Has anyone ever had a conversation like that? If you've ever been in that context, it's actually a very hard thing to do, which is what I'm going to try and tackle this morning. I'm going to, so give me grace. I'm trying to do something that's quite hard to do. Uh, I'm going to try my best. But one of the things I can definitely say uh, with confidence that when God speaks, it stirs faith. However God speaks, when he truly speaks, it stirs faith in my heart. And uh, Pierre read last week the story of the two men that were walking just after Jesus died, and they weren't sure if Jesus was coming back. They were, they just, they were sure of the fact that he had died. They weren't sure about the fact that he had been raised from the dead. And they were going for a walk and Jesus appeared and started walking with them, but he veiled himself from them, so they didn't know it was Jesus. So they had a long conversation with Jesus, and they didn't know it was Jesus. But in hindsight, when they, after they realized it was Jesus, this is what they said in Luke chapter 24:32: Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So they didn't know it was Jesus, but their hearts were burning. What does that mean? I love the fact that even an explanation doesn't make sense. There's there's something mysterious about the Spirit, and it's hard to explain. I like this explanation, because I resonate with it. If I had to use words, this is how I would describe it. A burning in my heart. It's faith. Faith stirring in my heart. It's excitement. Excitement, joy, faith. You... It's like somebody's explained it like this, like a tuning fork. You know, if you want to tune your guitar and the guitar hits the right chord, the tuning fork resonates. That's what happens when you hear the voice of God. Something in your spirit is saying, yes, 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 that's true, that's true. And you're getting excited. That's one of the ways that I know God is speaking to me, however he chooses to speak. And sometimes I'll walk away from an encounter, a situation, a conversation, a sermon, a Bible study, and I'm, and I'm feeling excited, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll pause, and I'll ask myself, why are you feeling excited? And there's no other reason. I've heard the voice of Jesus. That's the only reason. Why am I feeling so full of joy? I don't know. There's nothing, nothing happy that's going on. There's nothing I'm excited to go to or come from. Or I'm just, I've just heard the voice of Jesus, and my soul is, is, is stirred. Sometimes God tells you to do something terrifying and you know God told you to do it and you're excited about it and you're excited and terrified at the same time. That is one of the fruits of the Lord speaking to me. Sometimes the Lord is convicting me of sin and it's painful but also strangely exciting. It's one of the fruits that God is speaking to me. God speaks in, in lots of ways um, I'll just mention a couple here, but that's not really, I'm not going to do a whole teaching on this, but just for the, for the sake of saying it, God, God speaks through, through Scripture. Uh, sometimes somebody will be preaching the Scriptures, somebody, sometimes you'll be reading the Scriptures, and what will happen to you is what will happen to those guys. God takes something that you've read, and it, it just 
births something in you. It births faith in you. It, it, or maybe it's conviction. Or it's, like God, it's like, yes, it's generally true, but in this moment, God's speaking to me through the scriptures. Sometimes, you know, you've often maybe heard me speaking about the voice behind the voice. You know, I can be preaching or somebody else can be preaching or somebody else can be speaking. And yes, they're saying things that are they're all true. They're from the Bible. It's true. But then suddenly, it's like there's another voice. And you don't even see the person's face anymore because God is speaking. It's like the suddenly moment where you realize God is speaking to me. We've seen lots of memes and gifs about like people talking about the pastor's preach on a Sunday and it's like he was looking straight at me and he had obviously read my Facebook feed for the whole week because his whole sermon was directed straight towards me. Actually, funny but true in the sense that the Holy Spirit is the voice behind the voice. He's speaking to you, although someone else is speaking. But it's not just on Sundays. Sometimes it'll be in community and somebody will share a testimony and you just wrecked. It's like, yeah, it was great. I was so happy for them. But actually, God spoke to me through what they were saying. And I recognized that God's speaking. God also speaks through life lessons. People go through stuff. We go through stuff. I go through stuff. God's almost always trying to teach you something, even in the life situation. And it's important to recognize that because you can get angry at the situation and miss what God's trying to teach you in the situation. God uses even terrible situations to teach us things. And so a very important question that I always ask God, and I encourage you to do the same, is whatever you're going through, ask God, God, what are you trying to teach me? And he, and he, he explains it if you ask him. If you don't ask him, sometimes you miss the whole lesson. You just went through a painful experience and you learned nothing. But I would rather go through painful and exciting situations and learn what God is wanting. If you look at Scripture, basically the whole of Scripture is one long life lesson. God takes people through Lots of different life lessons. Sometimes, this is my, the hardest one to explain, but you will have hopefully experienced it, so you'll hopefully recognize it when I explain it to you. Sometimes you just know. <laughs> you just know. And, and God is spirit. And we forget that we are also spirit. We're not just flesh and bones. We're not just meat and potatoes. We are... Uh, uh, there's a part of me that doesn't show up on the x-ray machine. I'd say the most important part of me doesn't show up on the x-ray machine. I'm spirit, soul, and body. And so God can communicate spirit to spirit. And sometimes I'll be praying, sometimes for somebody else, sometimes for myself, and, I, and God speaks, and I just know. In a, in a split second. Sometimes I'll be praying for someone who I hardly know, and suddenly I'll know a bunch of stuff that I didn't know about that person. I don't know how. I just do. And I know it like I know it like I know that this is what the case is with this person. How do I know? I don't know. It's like there's this spiritual Wi-Fi. Something got communicated, didn't go through my brain. It's not information that I knew before. I just know. And so sometimes God speaks like that. It's the most mysterious connection. Um, but it's a real thing. Sometimes God will cause you to desire things that are his desires, and it, it, it burns inside, and you just know this is what God wants, and that's why I want it. So sometimes you'll maybe be in a service, and you'll just know I need to go and pray for that person. Your heart's breaking for them. You don't even know what's wrong. You don't know what kind of week they had. You just know I need to go and pray for that person. How do I know? I just want to pray for them. 
I didn't want to before, I do now. God wants to pray for them. God wants me to pray for them, so now I want to pray for them. And so my, my desires of, have been impressed upon by God's desires. Um, sometimes for the lost, unsaved, you'll just begin to cry for somebody or, or, or weep for people. And, and it came from nowhere. But God impressed his desires. He's, he's weeping for that person, so now you begin to weep for that person. God is communicating spirit to spirit. So how, how can we be sure if we've heard God's voice? I would, I'll just be honest and say, if you're a very new believer, many times you won't be sure, and that's okay. You won't be sure. So don't try and fake it. If you're not 100% sure, don't pretend like you're 100% sure. We grow, we're growing in recognizing the voice of God. And so what I... To put it very simply, sometimes you'll have to just step out in faith in the fact that you've heard God's voice and see what happens. So what will happen is you'll sometimes learn by doing it wrong and then also learn by doing it right. So sometimes this is even the case with prophecy. You you think you heard and you step out in faith and then it fails spectacularly and you realize, okay, it wasn't God. Mental note. But don't fake it. Don't like pretend and justify like it, it wasn't God. So then it wasn't God. It's okay. Just make a note to say itself. And then you, God will speak and you'll step out in faith and you'll realize it was God. And then you're like so excited. That's amazing. I did hear God's voice. That was it. I, I, I got it right. And then you grow in confidence. And then the next time God speaks, it's like this feels like the last time. And then you step out a little bit more boldly the next time. And you grow in confidence. But we do have to test what we hear. And that goes for prophecy, but it also goes for when God's speaking to me. Because it's similar in some ways. So, so we, test it, we test what we hear by Scripture. Scripture is more authoritative than what you thought God said. Did, true? If, if what you think God said contradicts Scripture, God didn't say it. No matter how convinced you are. It wasn't God. And that sounds obvious, but I'm surprised how often it's not obvious to people. They will tell me God said things to them, and I know Scripture well, and God said the opposite in Scripture, but they are 100% convinced God said it. It's like, no, no, he didn't say that. Let's just be honest. Scripture is the measure of what God can and cannot say. He doesn't contradict himself. And so the problem is, if you're a new believer, you may not know Scripture very well. So then you have to rely on leaders and mature believers around you to be able to say, actually, no, that couldn't have been God because God says this in Scripture. Um, so Scripture is, is a test. But what's also a test is the motivations of my heart. Can I just say, it is very hard to know what God wants for my life when I want something so bad I'd almost die for it. Let me give you an example. This is quite a scary example, so I'll have to qualify it a lot. But it happens more often than you think. So there was this girl, and it wasn't Sandy. And uh, I really, I really uh, was praying about whether the Lord wanted me to pursue a relationship with her. And in fact, I'd set aside a whole week to pray about whether God wanted me to pursue a relationship with this girl. 
Um, so I was taking it very seriously. I was, going, I was doing all the right things. And I came to church on a Sunday morning. And before the service even started, one of the elders' wives um, came to me and said, Oh, now that I see you, I remember I had a dream about you. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And she said, yeah, you were with a girl. And I was like, wow, I wasn't listening before, but now I'm definitely listening now. You know, who was this girl? So she said, you know, like a good mature believer should say, I'm not going to tell you who the girl was because I don't want to plant a seed in your heart. And then you now go running down a path that God, I I don't want to be held responsible for that. that." But I, I twisted her arm. I said, look, I've been praying all week about a particular girl, maybe God is giving you the answer for my prayers. And how dishonoring would you be to God if you didn't give the answer that he he had given you to give to me? So she said, okay. So she shared, she saw me coming into church with this girl, and lo and behold, it was the same girl I'd been praying all week about. So I was so grateful to the Lord, because it's so nice when you hear God speak, isn't it? And so for me, in my mind, it was a done deal. All that you know, needed to be done was basically to buy the ring. And that, you know. <laughs> long story short, a long, let me say a long painful story short, it wasn't God. So, I, I, so well, firstly, she, she didn't think it was a vibe. She, she wasn't into me. I, I, it wasn't mutual. And in hindsight, it would have been a disaster. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It would have been a disaster. Like, I, I'm convinced it wasn't God. But then I was really offended and confused afterwards because I was like, God, here I am, diligently seeking you, doing all the right things. I'm praying. I'm seeking you. I didn't just rush into it. And then you... It's a nice way of putting it. It's a nice way of putting it. Say again? Didn't hold up your end of the bargain. That's a very nice way of putting it, Yeah. Led me astray would be a less nice way of saying it. (laughs) So here's the thing. Sometimes we want something so badly, a, a, a discerning person can discern in the Holy Spirit what's in my heart. Not necessarily what God's will is, but what's in my heart. That's what happened in that instance. This woman was a very prophetic, discerning woman. But she didn't say to me, the Lord said to me that he wants you to be with that girl. She had discerned in the spirit what was in my heart. And so even what's in our heart can really influence how we hear God speaking, which is why it's important that people around us are there to help us filter when things are of such a nature that we want it so badly, I can't even hear God very clearly. Does that make sense? I know I said I had to clarify that story a lot because it might confuse you more than it helps you. The point is, when we want something so badly, it influences even prophecy. The number of times I've heard people receive a prophetic word and they they interpreted that word in line with what they want. And then I'll say, okay, just repeat the whole prophetic word to me. And my interpretation is wildly different from what that person came away with because my desires are objective. I don't have a dog in this fight. You do. You want this too badly and now you've interpreted it a certain way. And so accountability and community really is helpful even in discerning God's voice for our lives sometimes. Does that make sense? Here's another example. If 
not on the same topic, but if you had to come to me and, and, you, and you had a conversation with Zandi, and, and, and you tell me, you know, um, Zandi said she loves summer, you know. She loves summer because she loves laying in the sun, soaking up the rays. It just invigorates her. I would say you are lying. <laughs> True? Lying. How, do I, how can I say you're lying? You are quoting to me what she said. Because I know Zandi. She doesn't like summer. She hates summer. She hates lying in the sun. And she definitely doesn't soak up the rays. <laughs> now, I know that because I know Zandi, right? So I know she would never say that because that's not who she is. That's not what she's like. Same is true of God. So hearing God's voice and knowing his character is one and the same. If you had to come to me and you had to say, you know what, um, I'm in a difficult marriage. Things are really hard for me. It's painful. It's unpleasant for me. And I prayed about it and the Lord said, you know what, I see you. I see what you're going through. I want you to divorce your wife. If somebody had to tell that to me, I'd say, the same as what I would say about Zandi. That, that's, that doesn't, that's not God. Well, I heard God. He said, no, he didn't. He didn't say, he didn't say that. How do I know that? Because God's not like that. He, he, he speaks in accordance with who he is, right? And so growing in knowing who God is also gr- helps me to hear him speak. Does that make sense? You, you grow familiar with his voice when you grow familiar with the person that he is. You know, even in communication, even in relationship, we understand people when they're speaking better, when we know them better. I, I'm married now 10 years. I, I can understand when Sandy, Sandy speaks to me. Far more, we have far less misunderstandings now because I know her better. And that is exactly true of God. The more you are immersed in his nature, in, in his character, and have walked with him, you know the kinds of things that he says and the kinds of things that he doesn't say. And so, um, Scripture is incredibly important in growing in the knowledge of God, and it helps us to discern um, what I'm like and what the culture is like versus what God is like and the kind of things he says. Very new believers often say, God would never say that. It's like, you you just don't know him. He would say that. (laughs) He really would. You know, and I can say that because I've, you know, I know God and I know the scriptures. You don't know the scriptures well enough to know actually that he, culture wouldn't say that. He would. God would say that. <laughs> and more and more, um, we have to grow in knowledge of God so that we can discern culture and what's normal in culture with, versus what's normal with God. Amen? It's count, God is called counterculture. And so I want to end with just saying this. If you are struggling... If even as I'm teaching you this, you're like, wow, I, I didn't even know how much I don't know. Here's a few words of encouragement. Um, be, be patient in growing to know God's voice. It's not, you are called into a lifelong relationship with God. So if it takes time to get to know each other, how much more with God? Be patient. God, God will show you and teach you he will help you to learn how he speaks. So don't get discouraged. 
Secondly, I would say, God speaks when we seek him. If you're so distracted with everything else that's going on in your life, and God is cake and not bread, he says, I will, I will be found by those who seek me with all of your heart. God, God doesn't want to be one of the voices in your life. And I have found that that's why he takes us through desert seasons sometimes, where you, you actually humble yourself before the Lord and you realize how much I need. Have you been there before? He's like, yeah, it's always nice to hear God's voice. And then you get certain seasons where you're like, Lord, I'll die if I don't. I need, I need you right now. I need you to speak. I need to hear your voice. And God will consistently bring us back to that place. Number three, I would say, listen with a heart to obey. Listen with a heart to obey. God's voice is a voice that we obey. We hear it. We remember it. We do it. And my experience in my own life and with other Christians has been those people who are quick to obey the voice of God tend to hear his voice very often. God doesn't like speaking into a vacuum where it's like his words go out and they just sort of get lost. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't tend to speak a lot into those kind of situations. If you don't value the sound of his voice, he tends to stop speaking. So one of the best ways to have God speaking regularly and actively in, in your life is to treasure his voice. For me, God speaks clearly, I write it down. Because I don't want to forget. Imagine I forget something God told me. It's like I'm, I'm following Jesus, but how can I follow him if I keep forgetting what he said? If he has to keep saying everything three times, I'm not treasuring what he's saying. And so I, I write it down. You will, if you had to come to me at any week and say, what's the Lord saying to you right now? I'll be able to tell you because I wrote it down. And if I forget, I'll just give me a minute. That's what he's been saying to me. Now, my challenge to you is if I had to come to you after the service and say, what's the Lord been speaking to you about? Would you be able to tell me? It's a challenging thought, eh? And it's a discipline that I get into for myself. Do I know what the Lord's speaking to me about? And I'm not talking about regurgitating last week's Sunday, Sunday sermon. I'm talking about what's he been speaking to you about? Um, because what he's speak, speaking to me about will give me life. I'm going to land now, but I'm just going to set your expectation. I've, Paul asked, I think, two or three people to share a testimony about keeping things fresh with God. They're not going to preach sermons, but just little testimonies that they're going to share about how to keep my times with Jesus. We don't call them quiet times anymore because people's quiet times are often very noisy. So we're going to go with quality time. Still starts with a Q. Still got a U in there somewhere. Quality time with Jesus. But let's be honest, sometimes we spend regular time with Jesus, but it isn't quality time. True? So just two people, two or three people are going to share a testimony of how to keep their quality time with Jesus fresh, or how they do it. And I'm trusting the Lord will spark a hunger in us that when we start this week, we'll be eager to spend time with Jesus. But before we go into that, I don't want to rush on. Maybe let's just close eyes. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
that your voice is like living bread that sustains us, Lord. And Lord, where we maybe have grown complacent with the sound of your voice, Lord, I pray this morning, would you strip away all the distractions, all the things we think we need but actually are very inferior to you. And we want to acknowledge, Lord, we, we need you to speak. We value the sound of your voice in our lives. Lord, we need fresh bread every day. We're hungry for you, Lord. I felt like Lord, the Lord saying, some, some of us are relying on corporate momentum, corporate spiritual momentum, but you're not being faithful in the, in the quiet place when you're alone with God. Lord Jesus, where we've gotten lazy, Lord, and just kind of going with the momentum of, of where everyone else is going, God, we, we want to say, we're sorry, Lord. Lord, 